This is for the nerds. This is for the brainiacs. This is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back. You ain't gonna touch me. You're not gonna do nothing. You are not above me. I bet you wish you was me. I know it. I know. What is poppin', everybody? And welcome back to another special episode of the Only Friends Podcast. Well, you know, it's me and my my homie Tortue. What's happening? We is back in the building. What's popping, Tort? Oh, you know, we're here for another week of the WSOP. Man, this shit's shit going down. Shit's been on and popping recently. On mm-hmm. and popping. The sidekick, you know, he's been out there a little bit in WSOP streets, but yeah, he can't he, help himself. All he does he can't is fucking, help himself. But he comes back in here and he cries about the shit. Then he goes plays the tournament, gets like 14th, comes back in here, cries about the shit. Hey, sidekick. You didn't know you need to wind it in. Uh, yeah, that's why. Oh, that's how'd that work out for you? I mean, I'm I'm on my way. <laughs> I'm taking a page out of Brewer's book. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got to pay the penance up front. You just can't fucking win. I've never seen this before. We lost 50 people when we went live. Well, they, they're, they're over it. It's because they didn't. They wanted the countdown. There were literally 50 people just waiting for the screen to go not black, and they're like, "We're out." <laughs> <laughs> There's a show here. Uh, we're gone. I'm just here for the thumbnail. What a great thumbnail, by the way. Big yes. shout out to my man Shredder taking care of us. Uh, new new graphic design. What are you gonna do with wow. your free time? I know you have free time now. <laughs> oh, extra extra thirty minutes a day. Yeah, wow. minimum. Maybe maybe an hour. It depends on how how detailed you want the yeah thumb to be. He did a great job. He did great. I uh, saw that. And I was like. I, I didn't even know that we hired him, and I saw that, and I'm like, we must have hired somebody. Yeah, he just reached out one day, I think. I'm not sure what... It's not that your what, thumbnails no, 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 aren't good, but that, this uh, is on a whole other level. You, you didn't think that the, I made that? No. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't have that eye. thought maybe it could pass. No, it just I, looked more I, I truly wouldn't even know how to construct that. I know. Yeah, it's really good. That's there, there are definitely like <laughs> right. aspects of Photoshop yeah. that he uses right. that I don't understand how it works. It just looks more professional. And it probably takes like 22 seconds for him to do. <laughs> no. no, it definitely takes a few hours. I mean, when you're yeah. good at it, it doesn't take you that long. He's undermining your work, Matt. <laughs> no, when you're no, good that's at the it, thing is mine long. doesn't take that long to make because I'm not very good at it. <laughs> it. His for sure took a few hours. Yeah, there's no doubt about I that. I hope he comes back and says, "Yeah, it took five minutes." I hope so too. <laughs> I mean, it's as like long as it's high quality, I don't, I don't care how long it takes him. High quality vlogs, right? <laughs> all right, let's get into it. Uh, before we get into all the happenings from this past weekend. I want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor this month, WPT Global. If you guys haven't already, be sure to check out their uh, app for anybody who's in a qualifying territory. I have to tell you, I'm fortunate enough to have a whitelisted account where I get to play, and it is beautiful, guys. Awesome. It is so soft. <laughs> Even Tom Wheaton can win. Uh, <laughs> definitely get on there. They're doing... Um, uh, a couple guaranteed tournament promos right now, as well as uh, cash games all the way up to the equivalent of what's a roughly 25-50 no limit for uh, USD. Um, very good games. Anti-games, bomb pot games, you name it, they got it. It's definitely worth checking out. Uh, use sign-up code Berkey11, or no, sorry, just, just Berkey. Berkey. Uh, use sign-up code Berkey, uh, click the link in the description below, or hit hashtag WPT Global in the chat, and you'll be able to go sign up, get upwards of a $1,200 deposit bonus, well worth every penny, I'm sure. Uh, take advantage of that free money and get in there. Also, we have an academy we on do. the docket. Uh, 
Uh, we're going to be doing one Labor Day weekend, September 1st through the 3rd. We're going back to the original format now. That's it. Three, Three days. days. No more Poker Out Loud. Um, we're going to do one Poker Out Loud Academy a year, and that'll just be for returning uh, attendees of, of previous academies. I think that the Poker Out Loud version is a little bit more advanced and requires the prerequisite of you know, already having the baseline fundamentals that we teach at the academy, as well as getting comfortable playing on an RFID table, being able to speak and uh, converse your strategy out loud. So we're going back to the old format, September 1st to the 3rd, head over to solveforwide.io, uh, click the, what is it? You the can click events. on, you can, honestly, you, if you just go over there and just start clicking, you'll find a link. There's right. top 15 of them. You click the top banner, you click on uh, attend of a, an event, yeah. you click on learn more, and then click ten, attend event. You're going to find it, yeah. Okay. Um, so not, not many hoops to jump through. Just click something in there. Just go oh. to academy.software.io and you, you should find it. If you can't find it, then you probably shouldn't attend the academy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So this will be an 18-person academy. Uh, uh, day one through three will all be strategy construction in the morning. We'll spend about four and a half hours walking through uh, basic strategy construction day one, pre-flop uh, day two, and then post-flop dynamics day three. Uh, and then each afternoon, you'll get to play on the RFID table. We'll be in the back doing commentary, pointing out the errors that you may be making, the things that you do well. You'll have that to study off of indefinitely moving forward. Uh, as well as an, uh, a community on our Discord channel with all previous Academy attendees. So head there, sign up. Seats will go quick. Uh, be sure to lock it up as soon as you are ready to commit. Lock it. Wow. Lock so, it up. So you're lock not going up. to Barcelona for 25K? Um, that's in August, no? Oh, yeah, you're right. No, it's, it's, it's September 3rd. Oh, um, probably not. Right. Seems, <laughs> seems like a near zero. Go to Triton, London. London. Might go to London. That's that's a possibility. What what are the dates for that? Beginning 27th. of August. It's late July to early August. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. I just wish it was somewhere somewhere else, not London. Is there something immediately after London? Yeah, Triton. Oh, I'm not sure if it's Triton, but I think there is a. I thought I thought Triton and Barcelona overlap, but apparently I was wrong. Yeah, EPT. No, EPT Barcelona is August 21st starts. Okay, so there's no overlap there. No. I mean, it's maybe, close. maybe There's some close, overlay, but... like, a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, they are doing, alongside Triton, a World Series circuit in London. Are they really? Yeah, so it's going to be basically two tiers of buy-ins where you're going to have the high rollers, and then you're going to have open field events that are going to be, like, you know, sub-5K. Oh, really? Yeah. Kind of cool. Might uh, be an opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That sounds pretty interesting. Um, Triton's going to be huge. I think this is the one with the million-dollar event. Uh, as well as what always turns into some juicy fucking cash games, yeah. which I'm sure we'll get to see uh, televised. Maybe uh, we'll even get to see the one and only Chris Brewer over there. Wow. Now that he's out of retirement. He'll be there. He's maybe back. he's back in retirement now that he's rich. Mm. That's what I would do. If I, <laughs> if I retired, came back, won all the money, I would just instantly retire. <laughs> he didn't even like retire. Yeah, he, he took some time off. Got a job. I mean... <laughs> I mean, when you get a job, you've retired. Mm. I feel like the deck retired him. Yeah. Well, the deck rehired him. <laughs> it did. Yeah, sure did. Yeah. He I deserved, can't he he deserved fucking, that six on the river. I can't believe he hit that shit. I was uh, so fucking mad because I would have never, like, if while watching it live, I would have been like, all right, he's never getting there. But there's this cunt in our group chat 
that just writes Brewer One. Fifteen minutes before, so I'm just like, oh, he hit a three outer. Yeah, that is true. We're all looking at Landon. Hi, Landon. <laughs> Everybody knows Macbeth dies. It's still a good play. No, <laughs> that's like saying, I, yeah. listen, I, I, I love you, Landon, but like spoilers are a thing. You know, we don't like spoilers. Um, People don't like spoilers. Imagine you watched yeah. Bravo 30 yeah. minutes before fucking Brian and texted him every day. You think you'd be alive? Oh, I'd be mad. You think you'd be alive? <laughs> I don't even know 30 minutes. I would never know 30 minutes before Brian. Brian would be up th- Brian would be three hours before That's me. That's true. Yeah. Brian would kill you. Just a heads up. I'm watching Titanic tonight. Wait, you've never <laughs> seen Titanic? <laughs> The ship goes Come down. On. I've man. never seen it either, but yeah. Come on, Conrad. Keep up with the jokes, man. <laughs> I didn't know that one. I that was a good one. Uh, I, actually I, don't, I don't get that one. You, you landed it, Guapo. Don't, don't let Conrad discourage you. Gracias. I don't get it, buddy. We all know the ship goes down. Uh, okay. So this guy's marking cars. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially. Wow. Allegedly. 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 Um, Rob was trying to get us out. Before before we spend a bunch of time on <laughs> on the problems, uh, I do want to give a huge congratulations to Brewer. I think that this was a long time coming, and honestly, like it, it's kind of wild because Brewer hasn't been in the high stakes high roller scene for that long. Maybe this is like year three and a half, three four, yeah, four tops, right? Um, but he had so much concentrated negative variance in the early portions of him being a part of the high roller scene, bubbling some of the biggest events, uh, you know, in the industry, it's difficult not to, to feed that narrative Mm -hmm. of he's just the unluckiest guy on the junket and that, you know, he's good, but can't win. Uh, you know, he didn't really have any major victories uh, up until this point. He had, he had a few like Triton wins. Uh, he won that, Honestly, his wins come off the back of like the craziest shit. I don't know if you guys remember, but like he won that short deck event where Rob Young showed him his hand <laughs> pre-flop, and yeah. uh, Rob had aces, correct? He did. And Brewer had queens, correct? And was just like supposed to go broke. Yes. But Rob tabled his hand prematurely and Rob, then flopped quads. Chris didn't go all in. He almost did. Rob said to Chris, "Like, let's sweat this hand together." Yeah. And then found aces. Right. And then called, and then flop came ace ace x. Right. So Brewer got to like check fold with a few antes behind, and goes on to just run it back up and win it. And the same shit happens yesterday. He he randomized the spot where he was, I think, five of six, and uh, Dan Smith opened kings um, from the hijack. Brewer in the low jack had jacks, and like I think thirteen or fifteen bigs maybe. And chose to three like he he randomized a three bet non all in versus jam, mm-hmm. which is already like really nuanced to begin with. I think most people are just you know going to be all in here, but for ICM purposes, I'm sure uh, there there may be a factor of yeah, feels closest uh, not being all in. I guess so. He randomizes a three bet non all in, puts in like five bigs, folds to the big blind, which is Arter, and he has queens. And is like middle of the pack stack and jams. And then Dan rejams. Yeah. So now like Brewer's like, I, I think Dan's just supposed to fold Ace King off here. I'm probably in bad shape. I fold and leaves himself with like nine blinds and fades like, you know, auto death in this event. Now, he would have made a jack. Wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered because the, Arthur made a queen. queen. <laughs> Poor fucking Dan, Poor Dan man. Yeah. Dan's gonna become the new brewer. Yeah, Someone, right. it's like, no, it's like he, he, he won like, his seven million though. You could, you could, you could see the bad luck being like 
shifted over to Dan. So right? there, <laughs> there's this episode of in How I Met Your Mother called The Blitz. And one of the guys from Lost, the big chubby guy with the beard, plays the Blitz. And the, the notion of the Blitz is that uh, he just has the worst timing. So every time something epic happens, he had just gone home and just mm -hmm. missed it or whatever. And they just keep hitting like oh, the Blitz or whatever. So there, there was a point where uh, he was around for something cool. And the Blitz curse actually just like was lifted out of him and given to someone else. And I feel like that's what happened yesterday. Sorry, Brewer Dan. just like exercised his demons mm -hmm. and, and the uh, demons are like we need to go somewhere else yeah they, they've <laughs> now found a new host and they gotta haunt somebody else yeah it's very unfortunate for for pickleball dan good news is he has a blistering pickleball career ahead he of does him. yeah and, uh, <laughs> it's the uh, conservation of demons right demons can't be created or destroyed right yeah only shifted. it's much like energy so fucking pickleball so pickleball dan now that uh you know you're you're really gonna be button up against it here at the poker streets Maybe uh, maybe we shift our attention to that pro pickleball career. I'm going to get a court built in my backyard. We can come drill every day. There you go. You're going to see him out on the circuit with a frying pan, beating the hell out of people. I'm here for it. Uh, yeah. Pretty soon there's going to be more money in the pickleball world than there is in the poker world. I don't know if that's never not. Maybe I, soon. I don't know if that's that uh, outlandish. That's what I said. Yeah. yeah. I think like, the whole Tom Brady, LeBron, pickleball coming it's a, in. It's a really, really hot sport that's growing rapidly. The thing is, is like we've we've kind of seen this before with things like cornhole, but the problem with cornhole is the game's too simple. Yeah, have we? And right. it also wasn't mainstream. Well, it was mainstream. Uh, yeah, you're right. It, it it was it was like a cult following in the sense that it was like very popular amongst college kids, uh, bar leagues, things like that. Mm -hmm. The middle then, of nowhere. That's where it was popular. No, that's not South true. Carolina, North Carolina, Probably. Pittsburgh. Absolute middle of nowhere places, you know? You, you're literally talking about like 95% of the country. It's yeah. like just not New York and LA. <laughs> well, middle of nowhere. <laughs> literally the only places where cornhole is not just played at every single barbecue on earth is LA and New York. I actually never saw a cornhole board until after I moved out of the tri-state area. That's because you didn't I, go to college. I moved to North Carolina. That's the first time I saw one. There was, no, there was definitely none in New York, period. <laughs> where where would you put a shuffleboard on this list of games that dead. may have may yeah, not no. picked up traction? Just dead, dead. Uh, I think cornhole piece. cornhole belongs in like the category with like darts, yeah. and pool, yeah, yeah, and that kind of. What stuff. about yeah. curling? Right, it's a curling is not American. It's not, but it's close. Like cornhole is like something you do <laughs> while you while you drink. Yeah, and it's a tailgate. Pickleball sport. is really not. No, no, no. Pickleball has a legit chance. Uh, they're talking about it being an exhibition for uh, the upcoming Olympics, which I think would be cool. Oh, so putting it in the Olympics? Yeah, yeah. As an exhibition sport, not yeah. as a medal sport. Right. Why not? Well, soon maybe, right? Maybe. I don't know. What's another exhibition sport? Uh, not positive. I, I almost, I almost confidently said fencing, but I don't know. No, that's, that's, that's a medal sport. Metal that sport. is a medal yeah. sport. Well, just like trampoline jumping. I'm sure things. Trampoline jumping is a metal. What? Yep. Stop. Trampoline is a metal is a metal sport. What the fuck do they do? It's like gymnast. They fucking do cool shit. Is what they do. They just literally jump on a trampoline. Like and they do, do shit? tricks and stuff on a trampoline. Yeah, but just think of like a you know. I've never seen this. Yeah, I remember I mean, this from it was like Wii Sports. Well, like, like softball was an exhibition sport for a while, and then it became a metal sport. I'm pretty oh. sure. Uh, and then baseball disappeared. You have to like graduate. So baseball used to be a metal sport. Now it's just gone. But uh, maybe boxing is at one point. That's an, a metal sport. An exhibition sport. I think it's a metal sport. Uh, right, but like. But formerly was. At some point, they they 
uh, I'm not saying that that's true of boxing or, or softball or anything like that, but the reason there for exhibition go, sports are that... Look at bro. Bro is cooking. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. He's just... I, I remember this from... What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. This is like diving without the water. Okay, you yeah. lose points for that. You didn't do anything. He what kind of it. finish is that? Yeah, that was easy. Yeah, what the fuck? I could do that. Just warming up, bro. I'm getting in on the trampoline Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't believe this is... How... Did it, was this not televised? No, it is. How did I miss this? Yeah, that is. What do you mean, trampoline? Something's pretty cool. Don't don't hate. Oh, it. he stuck the landing. Stuck it. Why are you hating? <laughs> I don't know, man. It just seems fucking ridiculous. Um, back to poker. Back to Brewer. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he tangents me for telling a small story about how I met your mother, but we get into trampoline jumping and nothing. <laughs> I just took logical steps to, uh, to um, going where we don't need to go. I definitely, even though Landon spoiled the ending, uh, it, it was it was very surreal to see Brewer kind of like cash in his owed EV. Like, mm-hmm. let's think about how ridiculous this is. He doesn't bust with the Jacks, which is already going to be like a 1% likelihood of happening. Pretty rare, yeah. Then on top of that, he... Wins a flip heads up, which for him has been a daunting task to say the least. But the final hand, unbelievable, where he gets it in a seven so versus king. That way, he literally gets flopped dead. Yeah, two percent on the flop. Yeah, and then it's the eight of spades right. that comes. So, so it like it cuts out on like yeah, you do have a backdoor, but now your backdoor is even worse because right, it's the dirty. Spa- yeah, it's dirty. You yeah. only have three outs instead of four. Yeah, and he just finds the magical red six from the heavens. Uh. Just. Floats right on down, mm-hmm. like here you go, son. I hope he just gets a like a, a like a the, the six of diamonds, in, like in a frame, just like blown up and just put on his do wall, you, like the micros where they put the king of diamonds. Yes, what? Yes, great callback. Wow, Landon, look at you. I'm learning. Okay, right. it's not about me anymore. And I'll tell you what, Landon, uh, great callback because we are actually going to be joined in studio on the 21st, which I believe is Wednesday. Tag team events Thursday. Yep. Okay, so then yes, Wednesday. Uh, we're going to be joined in studio on Wednesday by the entire cast of the Micros. Are you serious? Yeah. Wait, no. Yeah. Wait. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Wait. Even the one that locked herself in the bathroom? Uh, well, so in real life, <laughs> in real life, that's actually a man. Okay. But yes, balls. I can't remember all the names. Damn. Uh, it, I only remember balls. Well, right now, only balls. Honest. Nobody cares about it. No, no. no. Ch- Chase was the main Chase, character, yeah. and then I don't remember the third one. But it's Jay Rosencrantz and and company. Uh, they'll all be joining us on on Wednesday. We're nice. gonna, really? we're gonna talk, yeah, because they're all playing the tag team. So holy shit, we're gonna take a little what dive. What a to the legendary past. group! Yeah. I only just found this out right now. That's right, everybody did. You and the rest of the world. Yeah. No spoilers. No spoiler. Well, little spoiler. Um, but yeah, like, <laughs> do you remember, you don't remember the the framed king king of, was it king of diamonds? King of diamonds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the in the micros, mm-hmm. yeah, same thing. Um, but yeah, really wholesome moment to see him kind of finally accept. The fact that uh, he has been chosen in the right way this time and, you know, won basically the most prestigious bracelet that the WSOP has to offer. Well, Chris, it's Second biggest prize pool to the main event. stacked field in this prestigious event. Then your seat draw at this chatter-filled final table and then that run out at the end and quite the celebration. <laughs> what is running through your mind right now? I mean, I just feel like I just got so lucky. I mean, I... I don't know. It just everything today. I just felt like it was gonna go my way. I don't know why. It just nothing bothered me. It just, it all just felt really good. It, 
fuck, that's sex hit. That was fucking great. <laughs> Your first World Series of Poker bracelet. What does this win and this bracelet mean to you? I mean, this is the one I want to win more than any other. Money, prestige, everything about it. I, I mean, it means so much, and like, I've had. <laughs> Sorry, I've just, I've had so many tough ones. Uh, it feels really good. Let's get to the good part then. It is my honor to present to you your first World Series of Poker bracelet. Go ahead and hold it up to that camera. There he is, Chris Brewer, the winner of the 250K Super High Roller. Guys. I'm not crying. You're crying. Brewer. That was so fucking wholesome. Yeah. It's literally the melty face emoji. Mm -hmm. Max, I promise you I'll have the exact same reaction if I win the $500 freeze out. <laughs> <laughs> this has been such a long time coming, man. <laughs> been waiting for this all my life. I mean, honestly, no, like, awesome. really uh, awesome. yeah, his reaction it's all about, is, man. It really is. It, it really is great. Honestly, uh, I don't think we get a chance to see enough of that, especially because I feel like when it comes to the high roller scene, those guys go through so many fluctuations that it literally is just on to the next, mm -hmm. right? But Brewer's been suppressed for so long where yeah. he's just been on the straight downward trend mm -hmm. in spite of the fact that he's a great player and, you know, he has had cashes the along game, the way. The game can beat you down, you know? It can beat you down for a long time and then and you're working really hard. I'm sure he is, right? And just working and working and working. And then it just doesn't go your way, doesn't go your way. And then finally you have that moment where it just all falls into place and... Like, you saw, you, you saw can, last you, year too. You can see how With the emotions just come through when he won the twenty five k heads up. Yeah, but, but Dan's not exactly the same. No, but he's right. Like Dan was pretty emotional about the twenty five k heads up win, where you know this guy's been at it for as it long as anybody, bracelet, yeah. and he mm -hmm. just won his first bracelet. Yeah. I mean, the thing with the high roller scene is that we are going to see a lot of those best without kind of crossed off the list. They're just going to have a real opportunity at it whenever they're playing these big buy ins that are sub two hundred people, mm -hmm. which. For what it's worth, when we're measuring the, you know, the, the, Ranking. are you, yeah, are you a good tournament player or not based off the fact that you want a bracelet? The reason why you don't really see any big names on that list any longer is because none of them are no limit hold'em specialists. You know, you're never going to see an Ivy, a Negreanu, a, a, a Helmuth, et cetera, on the list of best without because they all play mix. Yeah. So they've been playing 200 person fields since day one, you know, uh, where for like our generation, most of the the guys who are pretty well known are no limit specialists for the most part like obviously not across the board guys like Gelfond, uh jungle man etc like they they play all the games but the vast majority of us mostly stick to no limit and the fields got big really fucking early in our careers you know like by 2008 open field events were thousands of people and winning a bracelet was a task yeah it's very tough just in general yeah, you only play no limit. Yeah, so like you're gonna see a lot of people on that list still. Uh, you know, to, the the fact that a guy like Darren Elias, who has all the WPT championships, has never won a bracelet, is a great mm -hmm. example right. of just how much variance exists whenever uh, you're not playing these small field events. Does Chewy have a bracelet? He does. Yes, he won, he won the, the 50k. 50K. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. That yeah. was during the whole ICM gate. Right. When he saw fold out of turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. But, but another good example of like smaller field. He also mm -hmm. won a 3k. Uh, 3K, free, 3K shootout. Oh, was, really? Yeah. That oh, was nice. His first one. Shootouts always felt like the easiest bracelet for me to to wrap my head around being able to win. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to play one sit and go a day, and then I'm going to mm. win a fucking event. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of uh, guys that play No Limit that have bracelets in other fields, but not No Limit. Right. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what the list of like guys that we consider to be great. Like best without No Limit bracelets. Yeah. yeah. Like, does Daniel have a No Limit bracelet? You got it? Yeah. Yes. I, I don't. I'm not positive yeah. he does. Maybe from He's back in the day. He has to. How many do you think he has? How many bracelets do you think he has? One or Negreanu? two. Yeah. Total. 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 He's got to have like uh, six or seven. No six. way. He has five. He has five. I thought it was six. Pretty confident he has five. I'm really looking, looking five right now. now. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty confident he has five, and I would guess that he does not have a no limit. I thought his first one was like a 2K no limit. Could have been, but it, I, yeah. it could have been limit also. Yeah. I mean, he's been playing since the 90s, so like it's. He'd, he does have six bracelets. Okay, yeah, six. Um, he won the... UKPLO in 1998. Oh, yeah. You got it? Uh, I got it. 2003, uh, shoe. So I guess this was horse before. Well, it's less than horse. Yeah. It's, it's just yeah. four game. Horse prior. 2000 limit. 2000 limit. Yep. WSOP 2013 uh, main event. He didn't win the main event, did he? WSOP Asia Pacific. Oh. Uh, WSOP Europe 25K high roll. Right. Okay. 2013 WSOP. Okay. So he has two no limits. But they're both. Yeah. They're both Europe's. They're Europe's and small they're both fields. Asia and Pacific and Europe. Yeah. Not, yeah. not in the not on U.S. soil. Right. It, like when you get to <laughs> when you there's not too many of like the well-known players that have won. You know. You think Ivy has a two thousand plus field. Think Ivy has a no limit bracelet. Back to the phone. I mean, I don't uh know. yes. Yeah, I, don't know. I think he does. I think he got one recently. Last three years. Really? I think so. I'm not sure. But he may have. He just had a bunch yeah. of FTs a couple years ago. I know. Yeah, he, he final table crushed everybody. Yeah, he final table 250k last year. I think. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not super confident he has a no limit bracelet. I'm not yeah. super confident that Seidel has a no limit bracelet. And I think he has nine. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, Phil Ivy has ten. Yeah, that's ten. Bro has ten. That's a lot of bracelets, man. Yeah. Yes, it okay, is. so he's got 2.5k PLO in 2000. Uh, 2002. 1500 limit seven card stud. You're right, Burke. 2002, 2500 limit seven card stud. 2000 limit shoe. Man, they love the shoe. Uh, 5K PLO. Okay. 2500 no limit deuce to seven low ball. Okay. 2500 Omaha seven card stud mix. Okay, that's seven. Uh, 3K horse. Eight. 2013 WSOP APAC mixed event eight game. Nine. 2014, 1500, eight game mix. 10. No, wow. no limit bracelets for Ivy. Yeah. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Oh, he got heads up in the 100K against uh, Potikovs. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, look, he'll and win again, it. Those are, those are the small fields. He'll win a no limit yeah. bracelet for sure. Right. If he plays the high rollers at some point. Yeah. Now that high rollers have become a thing, right? So, what but you're like, saying that is that it's just... very difficult to win a thousand plus man field. It's fucking hard. <laughs> there was only one time he very, got heads up and hold them. Really? Yeah, that was the only time. Wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty remarkable. Uh, he does have a lot of deep no limit runs though. Like he got eighth in the main event. Uh, he got tenth in the main event. Money makers year. Yeah. Or was it ninth? I can't remember. Money makers he year. Bubbled, he bubbled the final table. He got I think like it was twelfth or something. Yeah. I think, I think it was tenth. Maybe it was actually yeah, the, the nines full bubble. versus ace queen. Mm-hmm. So fucking sick. Mm-hmm. God, how how down bad is poker right now? If Ivy just say, holds thank, in that thank, hand. Thank God he didn't. Money he makers didn't, gone. Uh, Ivy wins the main event. Right. We're, we're in a whole different landscape. The bots mm. would have came like a decade sooner. <laughs> it's just been over. Oh. Uh, all right. So we do need to talk about the controversy that was surrounding this 250K uh, No Limit event. Uh, a man who also final tabled it last year and got sixth in this event and seems to not really play anything outside of this. <laughs> Is uh, it a controversy if nobody liked him? Well, 
that was that was very understood last year. He was annoying to play with, I guess. He's very much uh well it's not even just that he's like in the speech play, like he's not necessarily a Will Kasuf in that regard. He does talk a lot, but I don't think that's what people were bothered by. Do you remember what happened last year? Vaguely. So <laughs> um him and Hooney were at the final table and there was this, you know, he, Martin's B and Martin. And Hooney just goes, have you ever been in a fight before? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, have to, I have to read the whole thing word for word. But Do you know what a fist fight is? Yeah, he's like, have you ever been in a fight before? <laughs> you want to start one? Yeah, he just like, he, wanted, he was so oi. Uh, <laughs> man, that's wild. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't seem like he plays a ton outside of this. There were some rumors speculating... <laughs> or circulating, I guess, around Twitter that he was actually banned from King's Casino uh, for, you know, the belief that he may have been uh, cheating in some regard, marking cards, he, whatever the case may he's be. He's banned from his backer's casino? <laughs> Are you serious? I don't, I don't know that that's who backs him. You can't just <laughs> say things like this, Conrad. Um, but last year, as far as I understood, at least publicly speaking, uh, everybody was just bothered by his antics. He stands up a lot. He's insanely slow. Takes basically the full time bank every single time it's his turn to act. And the way that he seems to... The way that he seems to navigate this environment better than Volgosang, I guess, or more acceptably so, according to the public eye, is that he's chatty throughout the 30 seconds that he's wasting of your time pre <laughs> where vulgar saying is just in the tank Dead right so yeah. he's just double annoying versus single very annoying yeah but you know i think for events that are broadcast uh it very quickly gets overlooked how much time he's actually wasting because he's filling the void for the broadcaster so like for instance uh jeff and brent were doing commentary yesterday and I think that from their perspective, it makes their job a lot easier when a Cabrell is there creating himself as the villain. Just run the tape. Yeah, right? So he's just like talking a lot. He's creating himself as the villain. He's giving them something to speak about and put their focus on as commentators outside of the actual gameplay. So he makes their job a lot easier. And for that reason... I think it gets overlooked that he's just massively wasting everybody's time anytime it's his turn to act. I mean, he exhausted the 30-second clock probably 95% of his preflop decisions, which is insane to think about. Mm. I mean, I that's a lot. I know you just have auto-folds, obviously. So many of them. Right. So many of them. I, I mean, he acted fast so rarely. And so often the, uh, the hands were just like very, very standard folds. Now, why he's doing this is, uh, I guess, up for discussion and debate. But the internet never lets us down. And hmm. the sleuths were on the case yesterday whenever allegations of Martin being a card marker were thrown about from Andrew Robel. So Rubble basically came out and said, like, you know, Martin is unbearable to play with. He makes it for a terrible experience for both recreationals and professionals alike. And uh, he's alleged to have been marking cards throughout this entire event. The rumors were that they had changed out upwards of four decks on the table that Martin was on on day two of this event. And uh, day three, it appears as though all of the players came into the final table 
purposefully protecting themselves. We saw Chance build a chip wall between him and Martin so that his cards were not visible. Uh, the floor went to the lengths of making a ruling that no one was allowed to stand up if they had an active hand. Now, Martin broke this rule multiple times at the final table and, and was not punished. Right, I don't understand. So I'm not really sure what the purpose of it's the like rule was. like a soft was. rule or something. Right. Of like... uh, Alex called him out on it. By the way, mm -hmm. what a classy kid. Uh, I don't know him at all. I Alex just, Kulev? Yeah, yeah, I just know he's like number one online right now. Legend. Uh came across so fucking well. He like, he deserves so many kudos for how he handled himself at this final table. Young kid. Very, Younger than me, yeah. Yeah, I think he's like 24, 25. 23. Uh, okay, 23 years old. Very professional. Carried himself incredibly well. Didn't really lose his temper when Martin was kind of goading him and, and trying to clearly, like, get him into a bad faith debate. Uh, he was just very poignant and said, like, were you here at the beginning of the t at the final table? Were you present? And Martin said, yes. He goes, okay, then you know that the floor warned us that you could not stand up during an active hand. Period. End of discussion. That was it. Uh, Martin obviously, like, tried to push back, and the floor gave him a ton of leeway, which I'm not really sure why, because the rule was specifically created for him. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you give Brewer a little bit of leeway because maybe he forgets and stands up in a hand or whatever. But, like, you don't give the guy that the rule was created against any sort of leeway. I, I mean, a hand penalty, a round penalty, he should be punished at some point whenever there's this much speculation floating that he may be cheating. Now, as far as evidence goes, again, the internet just doesn't let us down, man. There, there was so much good stuff put out there. Um, saw a tweet by Haralabob where uh, I believe this was the, uh, was this the King-Queen uh, Ace-10? No, 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 it wasn't. So this is just a clear, uh, th th this one the Heraldus put out, it was just a, a spot where it appears as though um, he's denting the corner of the card with his pinky nail. Um, but it's not like super, super obvious. Obviously, we're noticing these things now because we think that something nefarious is happening. Easy to like hindsight backtrack. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there is, I mean, there's just so much. Like, uh, I'm kind of putting Guapo in a terrible spot. So the the um, video that you just, or the, the shot that you just previously saw was him rubbernecking, trying to look at Brandon Stevens' cards. Uh, I'm not sure why Brandon wasn't doing a better job of covering himself. This is the, the pinky indentation one that we were uh, previously referencing. Um, just a lot of, of uh, potential situations where he could be manipulating the cards in some capacity. There was another thread that somebody put out. Uh, I don't recall who. Let me see if I can find it. Um, I mean, I, there's just so many assets of, of pros coming out kind of saying like, yeah, we noticed something bad was going on. Uh, but there was another thread where specifically the Ace of Spades seemed to have come in play. Uh, it looks like it was tweeted by uh, Jay Hone. So um, he has like three screenshots uh, from different hands. One was against uh, one was against Artur. Uh, I think this was with like two tables left on day two, where Cabral had the Ace of Spades, Four of Spades. Uh, and then shortly thereafter, he played a hand against Big Al where he's, you know, nose to nose with Big Al's cards, 
and Al's doing nothing to protect his hand. Yeah. Al has the Ace of Spades with the Ace of Hearts. Uh, Cabral gets three bet, chooses to float with King three of Spades. Uh, I don't know how the hand ended up playing out, but um, one would assume that he might have had information there. And then finally, that massive bluff that he ran against Artur on day two, where he had King Queen with the King of Spades, Queen of Diamonds, on eight five eight. The action went Artur C bet, Martin check raised. Artur then three bet on ace eight five eight. And Cabral found the four bet click with king queen high. <laughs> now, this is really relevant because the board texture is eight of clubs, eight of spades, five of diamonds. And what, what am I hearing? Oh. <laughs> bro, look, bro wanted to get mad at one of us so bad. I, I thought it was Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong, like always. Yeah, like always. Um, so that that's really relevant because the board texture is eight of spades, eight of clubs, five of diamonds. So if if Cabral knows that Martin, or sorry, that Artur has the ace of spades and is three betting this flop, he knows he's bluffing yeah. because he does not have ace eight of spades. And aces just isn't going to three bet this flop. Right. So there's no hand that Arthur can possess with the ace of spades unless he somehow opened ace eight off under the gun, which he just probably what? doesn't. Yeah. Uh, there's no real hand that he possesses here that doesn't three bet fold. So I think that that's probably one of the most damning things that we've seen where uh, he potentially could have had perfect information. If you click to that image one more time, Guapo, sorry, uh, from the king queen spot. You can see him standing at a full 45-degree angle for what, right? Like, yes. the claims were that he wanted to get a chip count or whatever, but, like, come on, bro. You're sitting right across from him. Why, why, is, why is this I've, taking place? I mean... Listen, we've played a lot of live poker. Have you ever seen... People ask for your chip counts all the time, right? And they yeah, look, right? Have you ever seen anybody do that? No, At the never. table trying to see what your chip count is? No, they just maybe, look. The only maybe. time people ever do that is when they like, have a river spot and like, they're bluff catching and they're like, yeah. oh, fuck. And they, yeah, like, yeah, they yeah. get up and they're right, like... Or right. maybe like if you're like across the table from one another, mm -hmm. like you're in the two seat, they're in the seven, right. something like that. Or like maybe. a one nine or whatever. Yeah, and like cash games, I could see it. Like sometimes, you know, the big chips are, are placed in a way... Like at Bellagio, the, the flags and the yellows are very close in color if you're far enough away. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people will put their flags on top of their yellows or vice versa. Yeah, and then you're and trying to see where... Yeah, yeah, so you just like want to stand up and make sure because right. like the dealers aren't always paying the closest mm -hmm. attention to shit like that. But like they're two inches apart from one another. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're sitting right across from one another. Stand up maybe. Stand up and lean over to get mm -hmm. that close of a view. I don't know, man. This just stinks to me. It, it it really reeks of of something shitty going on. Some type of foul play. It's like that just doesn't happen. Like it's just not a thing that goes on ever. Right. Ever. And I think the consistency there by being able to identify the ace of spades and having it happen in that sequential order uh kind of resonates in a way where it's like, yeah, man, maybe like Maybe we're on to something here. You yeah, know? Maybe, it's, it's, maybe there's enough consistency there to say that, that that's true. It, it's funny because like when things line up, um, we've seen this before in other situations, when things line up, there's this always seems to be something wrong. Yeah. You know, when it's just like the snowball effect of different things that we realize, it's just like, whoa. Well, when all, yeah, we're, we're also coupling this with four decks being changed out, which is, that never happens. Right. Never. Like literally never. Mm -hmm. Um 
And, you know, Poker Go ran a Twitter space yesterday where they were trying to get a little pregame discussion going. They had Henry Hecklin on, Henrik Hecklin on, uh, who had bubbled this event and played with Martin for, you know, almost two full days. And he didn't really want to go on record and say much, but I, I thought, like, what he was willing to come forward and talk about was worth listening to. I thought Are you still in this uh, segment or did you bust? No, I, I basically bubbled, yeah. Ah, uh, sorry, man. No problem. I thought so give us the scoop. What's the deal? What's the deal with Cabrell? I know I got myself in some hot water earlier. Tell me, tell me what you know <laughs> firsthand. I mean, I, I don't know, man. He's just... I don't want to put him on blast because I don't really want to be part of all this shit, but I don't know. He's, he's just annoying as fuck. That's just all it is, basically. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, but does it end there? Is there more to it? Is it just uh, annoying or is it, is it, is it a suspicious behavior? Hey, what's up? Um, Good. I think yeah. some of uh, Andrew Robles' tweets. The probably there's probably something there. I don't know. Well, we all saw the the Robel tweet. Pretty yeah. pretty heavy stuff there, Henrik. From your you've played all these high rollers, probably a number of events with Martin. You're what you're saying is that you really don't know. Is that correct? Um. Yeah, I mean, it's not like there's any evidence, but I mean, I'm I'm protecting my cards. Yeah, sure. <laughs> there you go. And when you say protecting your cards, what what does that mean? You're you're trying to. It means at all times, if I have a live hand, my hand my my, my hand will be on the cards. Yeah. And and you place them directly over top of the cards, just in case they're they're just in case. potentially yeah. marked. Yeah, basically. Because. You know, like last year, we had to change the deck on him like four times in like an hour. So make that what you will. I mean, is this just a case of long fingernails or you think that there's maybe a little bit more grime underneath those nails? <laughs> These are some great questions. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> who knows, man? Who knows? Hanks with the, the, the perfect <laughs> way of uh, kind of framing it. Mm -hmm. I, I mean... I think Hanks did a really great job of his line of questioning because it was clear Henrik wasn't going to be the one to to say without perfect evidence right. that he's cheating. Um, but, you know, Hanks kind of alluded to, well, do you think this stuff might be happening? And Henrik's response was very telling. Like, I don't know, but if he's in a hand, I will be protecting my cards. Right. Exactly. And I have enough suspicion that right. I am going to take action to prevent him from seeing. From yeah, having and, an and advantage. Brent kind of dug in a little bit deeper saying, like, well, what exactly does that entail? He's like, my hands will be covering my cards mm -hmm. in case they're marked. Um, and I, I, I think that that's, like, you know, really important. So what you're seeing here is another instance of... Uh, so who ever... Who, who, who folds like that? Right. <laughs> right. And the thing is, is, like... <laughs> It's so tough for me to wrap my head around because I don't know what kind of system you would employ to mark these cards, right? Like, so he has what? He had like some dusty ass he hand. Nine there. three off. Nine I three off, right? Yeah. So he pushes nine three off to the middle and then just like suppresses his fingers down on it. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> how how does he? I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, obviously, mark cards give a, a huge benefit to the person marking them, mm -hmm. but like, what fucking system is employed where? you are able to actually utilize it to your advantage. I mean, well, I, I mean, you can just uh, use on different board textures, right? Like if you mark a nine, 
and you can look at opponent's hand and not see that marking, you know that they don't have a nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm just curious, like, what the... <laughs> what the the codified system is well maybe it's just random in the sense of he'll remember what cards he picks and then you can't actively yeah. pick obviously like, it's oh, probably it's where, where, he, where he places the marking obviously on the card right, as well right, yeah. right so if he does it like in the middle of the card then maybe it's a a low card or right. if he does it on the side uh, more towards the edge of the card then it's like an ace does he have one of those fingernails know, used to um sniff coke <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, because, you know. The other thing is it might not have been fingernail markings too. Right. So uh, there's a thread that we saw late this morning uh, by Malia Miranda. And it, she, she, you know, she qualifies and basically says this is a small sample, but, uh, you know, take a look at all of this. And the thread itself is pretty telling. Like it is a small sample, but it seems like she indicates about 12 different examples mm -hmm. where the cards stick to his fingers 12 different times yeah wow okay that's I a mean, lot because it, it's happened like like you know, we all like your hands sometimes get a little clammy or something and the cards have, have stuck to your hand before I, like i don't that, think it's sometimes i think it's all the time under those lights nah man those lights are fucking hot you get sweaty, <laughs> I know, i've never been under those lights uh, i mean <laughs> I've I've played on there plenty. I've no, never actually, I've never in my life lifted a card up because it actually physically stuck to my fingers. Look what he does with the ace queen in the first video. Yeah, plus he literally plus goes one, like this. Plus one. Right. Right. Like it doesn't just, happen very often. I think it does happen. I mean, once those are while, stuck. But, but when you when you put everything else that's going along with him yeah. and what's happened. With that, then it's like those more slides, suspicious. Those obviously. cards slide pretty nice, man. Yeah, yeah. and also like, I've okay, I understand what you're saying. Like your your fingers can get a little bit moist or whatever, but like <laughs> these are physically attached. Yeah, to his fingers. they really oh, are. Look, yeah, Conrad, watch watch right. watch what happens here. Go ahead, click play. Look, yeah, at, look yeah. at how high. Well, okay, yeah, that is walking the cards no. to fold them. That's I know, but I know. Like I also do know that I've been so sweaty before that my hands are literally leaking, whatever. Sure, and like sure. that would happen. Uh, I'm not sure. Like, if I'm pressing, know, if you're pressing down on the cards and then you go to lift your hand, like, it's just going to happen. It's, it's like the condensation or the sweat, whatever the fuck you want to call it, like, to the cards, it's going to lift. And, uh, like, look, we see this next one with the Queen 2, where uh, the same thing happens, but it seems as though he, uh, he has his fingers placed in a very specific area where it's, like, the far side of each of the cards. And it looks like, it looks like he just, uh, kind of does a double oh, with the queen yeah. itself like he right so like oh my god i don't know man i don't know yeah i mean like i said i don't is this think happening to this... anyone else on the table though has anybody no like... no like this looks not good i will say that obviously <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then there's this instance of the, the there's this instance with the 10-9 suited where he hits his shoulders with like the triple wipe I mean, sure, maybe, maybe like his hands were just super clammy and man, it's giving possible vibes. I was about to say this. Let's mm. not go. Off. We don't have the answers, but we don't not have questions. <laughs> we definitely have a lot of questions. The, the thing is, yeah. is that like I'm not sure that this is proof of anything necessarily, but I do think that it it's another instance of just like strange behavior, yeah. mm -hmm. right? And like that's the biggest thing that I took away from watching him yesterday is that he refuses to put his cards on the reader. He 
takes up his entire 30 second time bank. He does this weird shit where he stands up and leans over opponents. He rubbernecks to to get within six inches of seeing his neighbor's cards. All of these weird things, right? And then on top of it, it seems as though there are plenty of video evidence of him potentially fingernailing cards. And then others where like cards are just permanently stuck to his hand. This is all after Robo accused Correct. him of you know possibly marking cards. Yeah. <laughs> so possible. <laughs> now he can see when someone if those oh right just like, like like maybe he's just putting a substance on them in hopes that uh, the Somebody same thing will happen and they'll get, catch yeah. a flash like pie yeah. not even just flash, flash but, 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 oh, oh wow right. yeah yeah, like oh, oh yeah yeah, yeah. See what I'm saying? okay yeah. now the queen of, the queen of clubs is sticky so if you see somebody uh, the card stick to someone's hand. Oh, that's the queen of yeah. clubs. I think that that's less likely just because uh, they get shuffled and the dealer would then have issues pitching. Uh, they would potentially stick to other cards within the deck. That's true too. Uh, my, yeah. my guess is that like there isn't, he's not putting uh, a sticky substance necessarily on the cards. Um, my, I mean, my natural guess is that it's some sort of invisible ink or right, something and he like just that has contacts yeah. in right um like that's that's what logic would lead me to but i don't even necessarily think that this is indicative of any sort of like you know uh bad behavior or or cheating necessarily it's just spooky it's yeah it's just another data point of like weird behavior that martin mm -hmm. partakes in um add all that with the fact that he never really plays outside of the biggest buy-ins in the world and somehow is just there at the final table in both instances. It's so weird, man. Mm -hmm. It's just like all so strange to me. Um, Decks being changed four times. Right, and I think like Robo coming out and saying something is... Robo says nothing ever. ...really telling. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not even just that he doesn't speak on these subjects that often. It's specifically the fact that like nobody, in my opinion is more qualified to sniff this type of shit out than Robo. Yeah. He plays in all the, all private games. the backroom yeah. games, all the private games. He's been in every scenario. Yeah, he's been in every scenario where there has been a cheat, someone's been found to be cheating, whatever the case may be. Like He's definitely very well-versed in these techniques and in, in players' reputations too, right? He's going to know going in what Martin's reputation is. Like He's going to know when he's in an environment where he should be warned to protect his hand and things of that nature. For him to come out publicly and levy these allegations against uh, Martin really speaks volumes, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the guy's a nice life with his family and kids, and now he's out here tweeting about Cabral. <laughs> right, on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Yeah. Except Martin Cabral's dad. <laughs> from, from the from, GOAT. From Farrah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Give me one year. I'm going to make the best course you've ever seen. <laughs> Mike McDonald tweeted that yeah. out yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Melissa <laughs> tweeted it out the year before. It's just going to be a Father's Day tradition from yeah, now on. for sure. Uh, we got to get like an edit of like, Happy Father's Day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think Bryn did get a little bit richer yesterday if, uh, if the rumor mill is correct that Artur is his horse. So happy Father's Day to... <laughs> <laughs> to bring to, to all the the toad poisoned out there. Yo, you can't just go out and say somebody's their backer. What are you talking about? I mean, you just did that to me. Yeah, except I said allegedly, and you just said allegedly. Sure. Who lives twenty eight? By the way, we're uh, all here with misinformation. I I acknowledge rumors where you just said things authoritatively. 
Do we think the WSOP is going to uh, take any course of action? I'm not sure. So what we, can you do? No. I actually told Brian. I think. I said no way. He won't. Well, but so it's tough. there's it's some precedents for this. I I think it was back in 2014 or 2015. Uh, in the at that point in time, 10K Heads Up Championship. Um. There was a lot of speculation of a Eastern European man potentially cheating his way through the the finals. Uh, I believe he ended up beating Keith Lear in the round of four, and Keith was just positive yeah. that he had gotten cheated. And I think the man ultimately went on to lose heads up, but he may have won the bracelet. What, what, what was the method of cheating? Marking cards? We don't know. It or... was long enough ago that I'm not positive, but yeah. I think it was marking cards. And yeah. I think they suspected that he was using invisible ink. Wow. And either had sunglasses or contacts, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I do recall, like, I don't want to name it because I'm not positive. If it was like Bonomo that was pretty outspoken about it, but I definitely recall like the high stakes regs being very outspoken about it at the mm -hmm. time. Twitter wasn't really as big of a, a deal, so it was more so like just spreading the word peer-to-peer. -peer. Um, but there was a lot of controversy around that. And if I'm not mistaken, that guy's basically never been heard of again. So I don't know that he was banned. Do we know what bro's name is? I don't recall. That's... You just have to find the year that Keith Lear finished fourth and okay. then tell me who got second or first. Yeah. Um, I think it was 2014 or 2015, but I'm not positive. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Ali oh, and Jake. Oh, he won. Oh, he did end up winning. Keith Lear wins second bracelet and becomes 2015 WSOP 10K heads up champion with cheating allegations. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So Keith ended up beating him. D Tiller or Matthew Cooper? It was not D Tiller. Uh, D Tiller is definitely. Wait, who who did Keith beat? I'm trying heads to up. find that. It, I, he beat. He Volpe. beat Volpe, but it wasn't Volpe that okay, was cheating. Okay, yeah. So obviously. it must have been the round of four then. Yeah, so it might be Matthew Cooper. Uh, or it could have... He played D. Tiller in final four. Okay, maybe, maybe it was Tiller that was being accused? I'm not sure. I, I, don't, want, I don't want to levy allegations. Uh, I mean, yeah. read the article. I'm sure the article will just say who oh, it was. Oh, Lear based Valerio Coca in there the Elite go. Eight. There you go. Coca's been, <laughs> Coca's been the talk of the town recently as some of the players he faced in the the Elite Eight might have suspected him of cheating after his win. Lear was asked about the allegations. Somebody warned me about him, and other than that, I really don't know. There's some insinuations about him, which we don't know if they're true or not, about him being barred in casinos in Prague and other places. WSOP's looking forward to it. They hired outside resources to find out if he really is. I'll let them do what they do, and they can take care of it. Okay, yeah. So maybe potentially bro was cheating. He beat him and then beat everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's actually funny. He won a bunch of, like, smaller tournaments um, in the same casino from, like, August 14th to September 14th. Uh, September 2014, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... But yeah, as far as I know, that, that guy's never played again. Now, was he banned or not? Who knows? Right. That's the thing. We, we never really get confirmation of this stuff. We only get like, uh, we, we only know when bans don't take place. He never like, cast another bird. Right. Ever. So like, we know Ali and Jake and others are not banned, but we don't know who actually is banned. Right. Right. Like, is Howard Letterer banned? Who knows? <laughs> he just doesn't play anymore. Yeah. Right. Like, is Russ Hamilton banned? Who knows? I would guess not. Uh, I would guess he's just out of action. But like, I, I don't know why. I don't know why it's bad business to publicize uh, 
punishing people like this. It kind of seems like good business you if you think. know they're cheating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, hey, we know this guy's cheating, so he's out. I, right. I, I think, well, I think that's what it comes down to, right? Is that, in my opinion, it seems like it would be really good business to publicize the people that you ban and just not publicize why. Right, exactly. Because you're a private entity. You, you can just, just ban say, whoever yeah. you want. Once you say why, then you have to like maybe come up with you some have, sort yeah, of Yeah, you might have to prove something. it, right? Yeah, which so is like, harder to do. If you, just bought, if you ban Russ Hamilton... And internally, you know, it's because he ran the UB scandal right? Uh, or the absolute scandal, whatever. And he was just super using. But that's like reason enough for you to say like, well, we don't want this guy's business. Mm-hmm. He's a scumbag in the industry and we don't want to partake in him profiting, profiteering off of us. So we're just going to ban him. If you just do that and then publicly ban and just say like, we don't accept business from Russ Hamilton for our own reasons. Yeah. That seems like a really good PR move. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, it doesn't seem like you're going to have to deal with the fallout of him, you know, uh, wanting to, to, to kind of like push back against the reasons why he's banned or whatever. Right. Like you don't have to give reasons when you're a private entity. So I don't really, I don't know. It seems like, uh, everybody would be better off if it was public actors like this were kind of shamed publicly Mm -hmm. more. Um, but more importantly, were punished. Because I think that that's the biggest concern here is that there seems to be a lot of circumstantial evidence that Martin's not operating on the up and up. And unfortunately, it feels as though, and I don't know that this is necessarily true internally, but externally, it feels as though it's falling on deaf ears, right? To create a rule that says, like, he's not allowed to do these things, which may allow him to take advantage of other things that we are worried about, and then not enforce the rule just seems like you know you just want it all to go away yeah and it's like what are you gonna do when this guy just shows up to the to the next high roller right and that's what i feel like it's gonna happen i mean we saw it with the with jake and ali like if, if they're if they're still allowed to play with everything that they've done that's pretty much known mm-hmm. and they uh you know decided not to act then i can't see them acting so swiftly that they're going to, uh, you know, ban him from playing the next event or the main event or whatever this year. Right. So I think they'll. No, I mean that with, that's valid. With Jake and Ali. Right. Yeah. Well, we don't know. We don't know what they did on WSOP.com. Sure. Yeah, that's true. true. Yeah. Um, I would suspect that they were probably RTAing it, but again, that's just having played with them and using my best uh, <sighs> ability to infer from the other information that's out there. I don't see why they would be using it on one and not the other. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I understand. And Efro makes a point that I think that is probably the, the ultimate crux around it. He says there's a huge lawsuit issue with banning people from Magic the Gathering. They had to delete the list and scrub from the internet everybody who is and would eventually be banned. I don't know if that's maybe more so because... Well, I don't know how Magic the Gathering works. I don't know if like the tours or the tournaments or whatever are necessarily private entities the way that WSOP and Caesars Entertainment and things like that are. But I do know that to his point, it's not like we know the 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 blackballed list of blackjack players in Vegas. Right. You know, that's not public. I loved Magic the Gathering. Okay. Great. <laughs> I have a belly button. <laughs> Ephra was a legend. I used to play. I used to play Magic back in the day uh, when Ephra was a pro. Oh, sick! Yeah. Wow. Looked up to him. Wow. Look how far we've look come. how far full circle. <laughs> yeah. Full circle. I mean, that's saying that Ephra looks up to Landy. 
No. No, no, no. no. <laughs> just, just full circle that they are in the same uh, vicinity are. again. Yeah. Um, so I guess the last point that I want to touch on now that we, we've kind of laid out all the info uh, is the public perception now of Martin Cabral. So I, I think that there are two sides. And granted, uh, I'm, I'm going to use my man Dankness as a bit of a fall guy here, and I don't mean it that way. Uh, because I think he's walked it back. But I, it is a conversation worth having because I think that there is part of this industry that views it this way. So we have the Dan Smiths of the world who, you know, when he busted, he wished everybody else good luck and basically looked at Martin and said, uh, I hope you get banned mm-hmm. or barred, whatever. Um, and then there was the initial message out of uh, Dankness's tweet that basically said, like, look, uh, you know, if he's cheating, that's bad. Obviously, he should be punished for that. But this guy provided more entertainment in 15 minutes yesterday on stream than I've seen out of the majority of the high-stakes community in the last few years. Uh, what do we think about his antics as far as a viewing experience go versus what it takes away from the experience for, you know, recreationals, professionals alike? Look, man, he's funny. Like, don't get me wrong. He's fucking annoying as shit. Yeah. And, like, he shoots every fucking one to two seconds, but he hits some, and some are actually really fucking funny. But at the same time, it's just ruining the experience for everybody else, and it's just, I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I saw 10 seconds of the live stream, and I never wanted to turn it off faster. Really? <laughs> never wanted to turn it off You're faster. You're such a purist. Yeah, it's never just different type of people. Faster. Right. Like, different people... Different folks, different strokes. Yeah, like this, this is something like I think that for media, like for people watching, kind of entertaining. You know, I was sitting in a room with four or five people yesterday watching it, and I was just like, everybody hated him so much, but at the same time, everybody was just like, didn't stop watching. Everybody just laughs and no, giggles at his stupid ass shit every once in a while. So like, yeah, it was entertaining and probably most. Yeah, I, I think if 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 the cheating allegations weren't there, just like that was removed, that wasn't even a thing, and he was just who he was. He'd be very polarizing, right? You'd mm-hmm. have people who love him, think he's great for the game, entertaining, and then you'd have people who say he's annoying, he's terrible, he makes experience bad. So that's just where he would be. Whereas when you add the cheating in, now it's just like I think the majority, well, as, as we can see, I think our poll says about two to one think he did cheat. That right. They are going to want him to be removed from the game. I don't think the debate on... Like, <laughs> clearly he's just... <laughs> just not. right well i think also within the realm of annoying uh, at what point does he cross lines where does he go out of bounds mm-hmm. in your opinion as yeah. a viewer i think it's i can see the entertainment yeah but but it's his right he gets 30 seconds to act pre-flop right. or, or whatever. Right. Still not anything out of the It's his right to be point. fucking annoying. Like, it's, it, this could all be, he, be, he could be, like, playing a game. Like, honestly, he could just, like, try to put things into his favor. Yeah, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I think the standing up is the only thing that crosses the line. Absolutely. Right. Only because. the rule was in place. No, well, I mean, the rule was made yesterday. Right. Really. Because of. Right? So, it's like, in general, I don't even think standing up is a problem. But I think it's a problem potentially with him because there is allegations that he mm-hmm. could be gaining an unfair edge. Dude, he, he said, why can't I stand? Why is this a rule? Chance says, well, 
made it specifically for you. They, they made the rule for you to protect us. Let us know if you have any more questions. <laughs> I was dead. Chance was is really good at that I shit. was fucking dead when he said that shit. Um, but yeah, so it, it's weird because I think the 30 second thing is so fucking egregious that that's the crux of what makes... So so I think Dankness's... Uh, I, I think Dankness's point of um, he's very entertaining. This is one of the most entertaining things that we've seen out of the high stakes community in a long time. It, it's, it's, not, it's not necessarily wrong, right? Um, and I was talking to him about this a little bit yesterday. It's very unfair to everybody, the, the production, the community, the players, everybody, where we live in this weird duality where there are two brands of poker. There's this level of elite players who are just the best at what they do, and they're generally on display in a tournament format with relatively short stacks at final tables playing for infinite money. Yep, sounds about right. And that's like version one, right? And then there's this other version where it's like bar league poker where nobody adheres to any sort of like rules or strategy. It's just a bunch of shit flinging and deep stacks and a lot of chaos with tons of big pots and a bunch of money exchanging hands. And that's what we see with like the hustler live streams on Fridays, right? These two worlds cannot coexist or, or I should say these two worlds can't really overlap very well uh, without there being some level of, uh, I guess uh, pushback from the viewing audience, right? So from a production standpoint, you need to understand which of these two worlds you're living in whenever you're putting your product out. And I think everybody gets that pretty well. Mm -hmm. When you're talking about Triton and PokerGo, they understand that they're highlighting the best of the best and they're trying to do so in a way that will basically cater to diehards, right? And when you have Hustler, it's like, well, you understand that you're kind of catering to the everyman, pitching them on a dream that real life-changing money can't exchange hands over the turn of a card with a bunch of people who don't really necessarily know what they're doing, right? Uh, the That's issue then becomes... Well, whatever. The issue... <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> don't at me, bro. Uh, the issue becomes whenever that gets lost in the messaging, right? So when somebody like Cabril shows up yesterday to disrupt an elite environment, the messaging gets kind of whitewashed of, well, he's really entertaining. He's, he's putting on a show. He's the, he's the nemesis of everyone. He's the villain. He's the one that we can put our attention on. When in reality, he's actually just kind of hurting the product, right? Because now, rather than putting the attention on the elite group that you have and the high level of poker that's being played, you're you're reducing it down to the antics of Cabrell. It's a happy Gilmore situation. Sort of. <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, sort of, right? Yeah. So, like, there was a point where Brewer was using his time bank strategically mm -hmm. to, like, tank his way into the next level so that the other short stack would get hit with the big blind. And, uh, you know, some of the messaging around that is, like, is this okay? Right? Like, it feels a little bit out of line. It feels a little bit slimy, like, whatever the case may be. When... There's a guy right to his left who's taking 30 seconds to act preflop every single decision and is just doing so by asking Alex if he can be invited to his fan club over and over and over again, right? So it's a weird 
it's a weird thing where we lose we kind of like take our eye off the ball and forget that like look it's a 250k buy-in with all professionals at the final table and five million up top this is just an elite product Mm -hmm. that has to be the way that it's pushed off and you have to look at somebody uh like like um cabrell cabrell and say like this guy is not adding to the to the product he's taking away from the shine of how prestigious this event is and you kind of unfortunately you're kind of handed the task as the broadcaster to do so like like you said in happy gilmore you know it's weird to compare it to happy gilmore because like the the idea of happy gilmore is that he took a stuffy sport like golf and made it fun yeah well it was just like you know you have like the execs at the top of the PGA and like, should we ban him? We need to ban him from, right. from this, from the sport because he's making a mockery of our prestigious event. Right. And, and we don't want to get into the world where there's no room for character and color and mm-hmm. uh, you know, people who can make the environment more fun. But the point is, is that we don't want to make that. We don't want that stealing the show. Right. Not whenever you're putting out the elite polished product, right? You don't want to get it to the point where it's a bigger deal if you're barking on TV than if you're playing good poker, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think that we have to start making hard choices as production companies uh, of, of knowing what product it is that you're putting out. And when you're displaying the best of the best, you should be putting it out as some level of prestige. And you should be pushing against people who take away from that prestige. Whenever you're putting out a loose, fun cash game with quadruple straddles and, you know, people playing the seven deuce game and spinning the wheel of pain and everything else, then yeah, you highlight all of that stuff Mm -hmm. and you, you let the poker kind of be the vehicle that drives the narratives and the storylines in the background. But we can't really live in a world where you just do both. You can't put out this elite polished product and then amplify the guy who's ultimately kind of tearing it down. Um... Mm. I'm on the fence of what you just said. Go on. <laughs> so you just said basically that there's no room for both of them? Well, what I'm saying is that there's no room to allow the antics to overtake the poker whenever you're putting out the polished product. But there's plenty but of room. But that's not their choice. Well, you want the it's a production be, choice. You want the focus to be on poker, not drama. Right. But, like, you have that man mic'd up at a table. Like, you can't tell him to shut up. No, but there's a million things you can do. M- you mute his mic the whole time? You can mute his mic. You, sure. you, I mean, there's there's infinite things that you can do as the production team. And right? that just l- l- ruins the production. I, I, don't, I don't think that they should mute his mic. Yeah, 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 no, That's I'm not what saying. I'm suggesting. That would, that would, all that would ruin the production, though. Why? I mean, if they were to mute his mic... All you see is this fucking guy talking for well, nine hours and no words. Well, the camera shots not well. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't say all of that will ruin the production and then point to one single thing that you could do. I'm not suggesting necessarily that they mute his mic, right? I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm more so suggesting that they change the tone in the commentary and rather than celebrate his, uh, his behavior because the everyman will appreciate it more, you condemn it because it's very disruptive. And the entire field has now spoken out against it. When you have a 61-person field and 25 of them tweet publicly that this guy's a problem, that's enough for you to like listen to, to the peers mm-hmm. and say, like, okay, they're more qualified than me to speak on this, in my opinion. Yeah, but if, it's like, if there's no cheating involved, then like, what, what can you, you do? What if you replace Cabral with person? What can you do? I still think the same thing. 
But like person does like the whole double bird stuff, right? Like you bring some things back, some character back. You still think like there's no place for it, or it it's not that there's no place for it. I just wouldn't amplify it. But you right? just have no choice, kind of. It's there. That doesn't mean you have to amplify it. I mean, you're just speaking from the commentary booth. Commentary, production, the shots, everything, right? Like you make a choice. You make a choice whenever the the product comes out as to what it is that you want to put a hyper focus on, right? I mean, this happens all the time in a perfect example. When Deshaun Watson came back for the Cleveland Browns, they, they mentioned the allegations one time at the opening of the broadcast and that was it. And they like went out of their way to not even really mention him or highlight him that much as the player, in spite of the fact that he was the number one storyline of that game. Right. That was a conscious choice by the NFL. They're very brand aware. They're super focused on making that go away rather than amplifying it and continually shoving it down their audience's throat. They want their audience to forget that. Hmm, so how do you do that in a game where he's going to be involved sometimes, like mid-hand? You just continually hyper-focus on the poker. But the, the whole reason I'm saying this isn't because I think Brent and uh, Jeff did a bad job. I don't. I'm saying this because I think that it often gets conflated what the product being put out is. And I think that too often, people want it to be Hustler Live. And so whenever somebody like Cabral shows up and is disruptive, they're like, oh, great. Here's our opportunity to lose the robots for a stream and put a hyper focus on this character. But the reality is like, that's not the product that you're really putting out whenever you're televising a 250K final table, right? And it's, again, it's always nice to have a little bit of color, but you don't want to over amplify something for the sake of amplification just because it's different. Right, especially in this instance where, in my opinion, this guy is a net negative on the field. Yeah, I mean the 250k definitely feels like elite type of vibes, and then the the behavior doesn't really fit the scene. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah, but like the scene is who the people are that play the tournament. If this man plays the tournament, then he's part of the scene. Like, I don't know, man. Kind of. I, I kind of have this thing where, like, trust me, I thought he was annoying. I can't stand him. I honestly, I couldn't fucking stand him. But, like, as I think about it longer, it's like he didn't do it. Outside of if card marking anything outside of that, like, he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything against Talk the rules. shit, and that's it. Like, he just didn't shut the fuck up. And, like, yeah, it's annoying, but it's part of his game. Maybe. All right, let me, let, me, let me take it a little further to the extreme. Go. Let's say he... He acted in the exact same way that he acted at this final table, mm -hmm. but instead of just like not shutting up, he actually was flinging personal attacks. But that's different. I'm saying, where do you draw the line? Okay, so that happens. Now, how do you handle it? Well, there's rules on personal attacks, isn't there? Yes. There, you can't personally attack somebody. You okay, can't not, that. not personal then. Just like There's also rules on bro standing, and he kept standing. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's... Uh, okay, so he's just like saying out-of-line things. He's, he's spouting COVID conspiracy, or he's, uh, you know, going on and on about, uh, you know, why certain religions are awful, or, uh, you know, he's being homophobic or transphobic or, or whatever. There's just like a million things that a guy with a hot mic could be doing that are, are, are negative. I'm not asking this because obviously that seems like it should come with punishment i'm asking this because now as the production team you're forced to handle that yeah i, I think the difference is like um i don't know it, it's it just seems slightly different like you're talking about like an attack on people like a certain sub i'm just talking about the product that goes yeah, out yeah, yeah right yeah. as the production team you want a certain product that goes out 
So it's just a matter of like, do you want to highlight somebody that's being an ass or not? Right? Yeah, it's just, I, I just find it hard for them to get around it. That's the only thing I think. I just don't find, I, I just don't see, like, visualize a way that they can get around him doing what he did last night. He's kind of like an assy lead. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I just, like, I'm, I'm trying to, like, just find a way. Uh, wow. This is episode number 300. Congrats, guys. Welcome to the pod, Connie. Welcome to the pod. We made it. This is indeed ep episode 300. Um, yeah, so, like, I don't know, man. It's like, it seems like a fine line. Like, he's, yeah, he's fucking annoying. He's really annoying. But he's also, that's, that's part of his game, man. How do you deal with the assy lead? <laughs> I think I think Conrad and I are just like kind of having different conversations. Like I'm not saying you need to deal with it at all. I, I'm not saying he should be punished. I'm not saying he should be discouraged. I'm just simply saying that if I were production and I wanted to put out a certain quality of a product, I would suppress certain things rather than amplify them. I agree. I understand what you're saying, and that's and my thing is like, is it possible? That's my question. I mean, I guess he effectively did that thing where you uh, toe the line but don't actually cross it. In a lot of ways, he did do things that were, like, right within the boundaries of the rules. Yeah. Right? Literally taking 30 seconds every single decision. It's well within the boundaries of the rules, but it's absolutely horrific for I, the final product. I think as time went on, he started acting quicker and stuff. Um, not sure why, but he definitely was acting a little bit faster as time went on. Yeah, wasn't, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just exhausting for him. Wasn't there yeah. something like... <laughs> I don't remember particularly, but maybe one of you guys do, where there's something with, along the lines of using a time bank to make the blinds go up on somebody else's... Brewer was Brewer doing did that. that. And, and that, 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 this, this is what I was... This is the larger point that I was trying to make, is that they were amplifying the behavior of Cabrell, like a, a constant focus on him. The entire final table was very hyper-focused on Cabrell. You had Brewer vying for his first bracelet after being, you know, the 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 bubble boy for the last three years. Uh, you you had uh, Dan Smith come back from like a couple big blinds to being second in chips at one point. Uh, you have the number one online player in the world at this final table. You have Artur, who's a huge name rising through the the ranks. Chance, who's like literally the last kind of freestyler at this table, and then Cabral, who's just really deep into the antics and the major focus we knew today what the thumbnail was going to be and it was going to be cabral regardless of who won this mm. right and i think the best storyline of all imaginable outcomes as far as the winner goes was brewer coming back from you know being last in chips to winning this whole thing and still he didn't make the thumb why because the amplification was on cabral if you see if you go to the zoo right I, this is not. Here we go. Let him cook. Let him cook. He's cooking. He's cooking. If you go to the zoo and you see the bird section, right? You walk past it. You look at it. It's cool. Now you keep walking, and you see a monkey fucking flinging poo throwing <laughs> on his goddamn face. You're gonna stop there and watch it, and yeah. you're just not gonna move. Sure. And that's almost like the same thing here. It's just like, what can they do? They just have to stop and watch it, man. Like, yeah, these guys did this. These birds did this. But guess what? This guy's throwing shit at his face. Like, I don't know. It just seems hard. It seems hard to get around it for commentary. Like, yeah, I understand these guys have a... a I, I just think you're leading everybody off uh, without acknowledging that it's a choice. Like, it's certainly a choice of what gets amplified and what gets suppressed. 
they never once spoke about him being a potential cheater for a reason. Like that's absolutely suppressed by production. I mean, it's uh, meant to be. Yeah, I mean, at, on what's what clause they did on the spaces. Sure, but not on the actual broadcast. No, of course. Okay, so you say how can you get around things, and it's like that's how you make a conscious choice to get around things. The man is standing up on the middle of the broadcast the whole time talking shit or just like just nonstop talking. Okay. Like you can't just like, what are you going to ignore him? No, well, you just don't say anything about like it. You just like cut the cameras away and like turn the mic down and bring it back when you... Yeah, or, or, or you know, just let him stand and then talk about the decision that's being made. Like you amplify the poker. It's a choice. There's ways to go about it for sure. Correct. And again, I'm not even saying it's a good or bad one. I'm just saying I'm bringing a bigger picture to this weird dichotomy that exists where we have two brands of poker and too often we try to overlap them. Yeah, it's not we, about the situation. Right. We try to hold these elites that are playing the best and highest level poker in the world to the standard of hustler. And that's not correct. It's just not the same product. It's not the same vision. It's not the same audience. And it seems insane to me to look at some again like i can't speak highly enough of alex like this kid held his head high he operated with full class this is somebody that should be on display every opportunity that we have to amplify in this industry and he will just be completely whitewashed and forgotten right nobody outside of the online crushers that follow and know who he truly is are even going to remember that he final tabled this event yeah you just forget things so fast right but it's like he's a superstar you, you literally have the opportunity to amplify him, make him a household name, bring him to the forefront of the conversation, highlight his accolades. And it's a tall order, right? Because it's bland and it's boring and it's only highlighted by how fucking good at the game he is and how nice and eloquent he handled himself in an otherwise chaotic environment. But again, these are production choices, right? As They're choices the bottom, that are made. As far as the bottom line is concerned, will production make It's behind a paywall. Okay. You know, I, I mean, amplified on your Twitter, right? Amplified. Use it as a funnel. Yeah, use it as a funnel, use it as a marketing, but like, it doesn't necessarily have to be what's on display. I, I don't know. I uh, mean, I get the point though, because like someone can't just say whatever the hell they want on an, on a hot mic. And we know for run. a fact that like Sovereign said something that absolutely got cut in a live stream Yeah. <laughs> on the main event, right? Amazing. Like, for good reason. Of course, there's delays for a reason. Like, they give themselves room to operate. And again, this isn't even a critique of, of PokerGo or uh, the coverage or anything along those lines. The, the critique is of the overall strategy of forgetting, like, what the actual product is, right? And, and trying to want to... You can't have it both ways where you just only put out an elite product and still want to capture the everyman. I think you should keep insulting Cabral and then maybe you get to play him heads up. I don't but know if I want to. He doesn't get, to, like get the marketing cards though. Yeah. No, no, no card marking. Seems like he's got a good fucking edge. No card marking. I don't know, man. I'm kind of out. Uh, speaking about, I got to get out of here. Uh, I have a cash game to go play and maybe a 3K to go mm. late reg. Ooh. What am I going to do? Berkey can't help himself. He wants to be in every tournament. 3K, 2200, 1100. 3K. 3K? Berkey's just a tournament player. It's too good. Structure's good. Our levels, let's fucking go. It is our levels? Yep. Oh, maybe I will. Let's go. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate you, as always, for showing us a little bit of support. Leave your comments below. Let us know what you think of the whole situation, what you think uh, Cabral may or may not have been up to, if he's good for the broadcast or otherwise. 
We'll be back again tomorrow, 10.30 a.m. Pacific. Maybe some shit will go down between now and then. We'll see you guys all day. Right, let's get it. Peace.